Hello, our friend. We are delighted to be with you again. Thank you. Hello. I'm delighted to be with you as always. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling wonderful, thank you. And I know that you are too. Yes, we are too. Yes, good. And do you come in the love and the light of the one infinite creator? We do. Do you? I do. Thank you for asking. Very. Okay, we would like to circle back to some of our previous discussions to just kind of tie a few things together into a more cohesive understanding and thought. Right. And so going back to our first chat regarding the densities and all the way up to what we've discussed so far, we would like to just sort of make overall statement about physicality, third density physicality. Everything's tactile. You can touch it. You can see it. You can feel it. You can acknowledge it. Yes? Yes. In many respects, many of your peoples and spiritual people feel that this is a hindrance to spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And when taken to a degree, as your expression goes, everything in moderation, mm-hmm. we would just like to say that all physical things are not necessarily bad. We just wanted to, to clarify that, okay. that if you have a, a relatively comfortable domicile, then that's not a bad thing. We would also like to sort of go back to one of the big discussions that we had the last time on the topic of love. Mm -hmm. And this ties into the physicality of third density as well. As we have discussed, faith, the sort of knowing that something is there without having to see it, feel it, touch it. Mm -hmm. That's a faith that begins to develop, obviously, a knowing and awareness in third density. You know it's there, but you can't really see it, touch it, or feel it, or measure it for some aspects. For example, we'll go back to the topic of love. Most people have experienced that in some degree, some fashion or another. You know it's there, you can feel it internally inside your spirit, but there's no measurement of it. You can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it. But if you say to somebody, hey, you know, I love my mom, I love my dad, I love my friends, everyone can has some sort of respect or understanding of what that individual is conveying. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So to further that concept, if you sort of incorporate the the tactile physicality of the world in conjunction with that faith and knowing, it sort of solidifies it a little bit more in the third density so that there's a better understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say a mother holds a, a, a newborn, a baby. There's that physical connection between the mother and the baby, whether the baby's nursing or the mother's holding it, providing warmth and comfort. There's that physical connection along with the feeling that's that's um, reciprocated of love, of acceptance. So the two sort of meld together. And so that sort of enhances the, the feeling of love and the desire to seek more of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with friends that haven't seen each other in a long time. For example, you grew up with somebody on your street and you moved away or they moved away and you haven't seen them in 10 of your years and you suddenly see each other at a a reunion of some sort at schools or things of that nature and you instantly hey you know i haven't seen you forever give me a hug that's sort of an intimacy between two people on a tactile level bonding bonding yes versus just a you're stoic standing there oh hey so and so i haven't seen you in a long time that seems relatively impersonal and doesn't really express the depth of the relationship that the two individuals had or do have or continue to have for that matter. So we just want to make individuals aware that tactile things, physical things aren't necessarily bad and things of that nature like interaction between 
spouses, parents with their children, interaction with parent to grandparent, etc. There is a lot of tactile interaction there. And that just tends to sort of reinforce that bond and to reassure each individual that, oh yes, this is still there. I haven't seen you in 10 years, but oh my gosh, it's like time never passed. As many of your people say that haven't seen each other in quite some time. It seems like, what what do you say? Uh, It seems like just yesterday that I was at this party with you, or it seems like just yesterday that we were in Miss So-and-So's class causing problems, things of that nature. So that bond is never lost. And that sort of knowing and that faith in that sort of is reinforced and reminded of both individuals of what it was like that it hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is that physical interaction. Okay. And that's true of any relationship, you know, that's on some sort of a deep level. It's somebody that you may have known a long time or it's your child. Your child falls and skins their knee and what's the first your first reaction or most people's first reaction is to scoop the child up. To scoop them up in your arms and say it's going to be okay. Let me let me fix your knee. And so you you clean the wound, you put a bandage on it. You know, there's there's a lot of tactile interaction. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to discount the gift that is given in third density that we feel tends to be overlooked and underappreciated, that this is primarily the only density really where the physicality is so strong and so prominent in your illusion. It's a great part of it. But another part on the other side of the coin is this is one of the few densities to where you can have that physical as well as tactile intervention with somebody and the, the feeling that goes along with it, that sort of vibratory level that you can that you attain when you experience that love or that friendship or that interaction that is further propagated by the physical touch. So we just wanted to sort of clarify that a little bit. There are many benefits to third density, and it seems from our experience and from listening to other entities that are more spiritually advanced, that tends to get overlooked or underrated, dismissed. But in this density, if once your individuals go higher up in the densities, they become less and less physical, as most people that study this tend to know. So that physical interaction tends to dissipate. One, because it's no longer needed, but in a third density experience, it's very unique. I guess that's the best way we could describe it, is it's very unique. And so we just want to kind of underscore that because Many teachings say, oh, you know, physical interaction is bad. Oh, wanting, oh, you have a big house, you should sell it and give all your money to charity. That's sort of taking it to an extreme and puts every physical thing that you come in contact with in a negative connotation to some degree. So we just wanted to kind of put a little more balance into those thoughts. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I did want to follow up on that in just a little minute. The... Wanderers that have been spiritual models for uh, most publicized spiritual models, for example, Jesus and the Buddha, shunned physical accoutrements. And the Buddha went through a period of asceticism where he actually tried to disassociate himself from the physical altogether. And he determined after several years of trying to do that 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 wasn't a good idea. And so that's, that's helpful for, to understand that, that it's not in and of itself a bad thing, but it does provide the opportunity for attaching too much to the physical, 
to spending too much time and energy um, acquiring additional physical things. One of those things, in my perspective, is a double-edged sword that if you can maintain your awareness and uh, your, your sense of purpose and not be distracted by the physical accoutrements, that I can see where it would not necessarily be a bad thing. Yes, and some, many of your sixth density wanderers that have come in to sort of elevate the consciousness of the population mm-hmm. have demonstrated a significant detachment from physical interaction and touch, but that's not entirely true across the spectrum for all of the sixth density higher awareness beings that have come into your consciousness because for them to blend in and set an example, they have to sort of mimic what the rest of the populace is doing so that the populace can kind of relate to them and not look at them as so separate from themselves, not to elevate them to some status that they're so great and I'm so little. And so because they don't need all these things or I feel like I I like those things, so that makes me bad. That's that's not the case at all. Yes, some of the examples, higher density that have come in, like the Buddha, you know, the Gandhi, people of that nature, yes, some have chosen to sort of shun any sort of physical contact, which is their own free will and choice. And then there are also just as equally good sixth density wanderers that have come in to deliver a message and things of that nature that do demonstrate more physical interaction to sort of model to the public that, okay, you can hug your mother-in-law or you Mm -hmm. can hug your child if they get hurt or it's okay for your male neighbor to hug the female wife next door who may have experienced some sort of trauma. That, that, That those things are okay. And those tend to, a lot of those physical interactions tend to be put in a very negative light by many of your organized religions. Right. That any, oh, that's bad. You should not have a sexual intercourse before a certain age or a certain ritual is, has to be performed before this is okay. The thing with the rings, the marriage. Right. marriage. Or in other societies, they tie their wrists together and put flowers over everybody or whatever. That's a way to control people to say, if you do this, oh, it's going to be very bad. And so they utilize, whether they know it or not, they use that physical interaction, which is very important to humans, as a weapon. Mm-hmm. As a weapon to say, you better listen to me because if you don't, then the God Almighty or the superior being or whatever you want to call it in whatever society is going to, you're going to pay for it in the next You'll be life. punished. Yes, you will be. It's very punitive. So anytime that they want to hug their neighbor or they want to hug their wife or husband or have sexual intercourse with them, even if they're not married, and especially if they're not married, there's this, in the back of their mind, there's there's this thought or this seed that's been planted that, oh, if I do this, then I'm really damaging my soul. And that's not prevalent in all religions, organized religions that have a book and a place that people go, a, a building. That's not true of all religions, organized religions, but the majority of them tend to perpetuate that idea. And it gets passed down just like anything, any other tradition from generation to generation to the point where unless somebody in the next generation really challenges that, they're going kind of against the grain as we've spoken about before. So it, it can be it can be weaponized, so to speak to maintain that the church's status amongst the people, that they hold all the knowledge, and that you better listen to me because I know what's best. And that sort of emulates a service to self propensity. Retribution is a major vehicle that uh, religions use in order to maintain that domination and subjugation. Yes. While we're, we're reviewing topics, there is one topic we talked about in our last session that I would like 
to address, if we may, mm-hmm. in your explanation of simultaneity. Mm-hmm. And you were explaining experiences are occurring on the other side of the planet simultaneous them to occurring here and that is can be extrapolated to all of creation but our capacity at the level of development that we are we don't have the awareness to be aware of the other events that are taking place but that doesn't discount the fact that they are taking place as we evolve through the densities, uh, is there a level where that awareness grows adequately that we can be more aware, uh, that we are just more aware of the magnitude of the, the synchronicity, the commonality of events that are occurring? Yes, as you get to the end of fourth, end of fifth, and in sixth density, the, the concept of simultaneous, you know, time occurring all at once is known, it's understood on, on that level. And it's very difficult in third density because of the veil and all these other mechanisms that are put in place to sort of make the forgetting to occur so that that entity, that person can focus on this particular incarnation. And so their awareness of uh, parallel universes, many people speak of this, right. of the, the same life occurring at the same time, but different things are going on. And so the awareness of those things going on around you tend to, they're not in your immediate awareness. You don't have a visual access to it or hearing to it or a book to refer to or a, a family member that knows what you're talking about. So then that sort of prevents that person from exploring that further. But there are instances where the veil is a lot is much thinner in certain third density beings as a as a result of their previous progress that's been made and their desire and search and asking of higher beings to assist them in piercing that veil a little bit to kind of see on the other side and there are individuals that that have that brief moment or an extended period of time depending upon how much time they invest your time that they invest in that sort of realm so people that experience a, a certain deja vu oh, I've been to this restaurant before. I've been to this restaurant, but I don't know when. And I remember, I, I think I sat there, but today I'm sitting over on the other side of the restaurant. So those are two things that are occurring at the same time. Now, depending upon where you sit is up to the free will of the individual. So to extrapolate that a little bit further, your higher self, which is you in the future, it's, as you understand it, the right. future, it's towards the middle and end of sixth density that the higher self is fully formed. And at that point, the higher self can sort of interact more with third density if, if, the, if the third density wants it, seeks it out, asks for it. And it's a, a great service for sixth density to uh, participate and, and guide that individual. But the individual has to ask for it. We can't just intercede on our own because we think this individual is on the wrong path. So back to the concept of time occurring all at once. The higher self is you that has gone through the densities up to the end of sixth. It's still you and the third sort of figuring things out, but you're already there. So it's kind of like the higher self towards the end of sixth density knows the end goal. Okay, the the end goal was for this individual to learn about boundaries or love or whatever you may have it. There's a certain goal. And so with each incarnation, the higher self tends to, depending upon the goal of the soul, what they want to attain in that particular incarnation, 
they sort of set up the ideal way to get there, the fastest way, if you will, in your terms, the mm -hmm. easiest way. And so the rest, so everything's sort of put in place, all the chess pieces are put in place, and it's up to the individual and their free will to choose how they navigate through those choices to get to the end result. So the end result is known. It's obviously achieved because the sixth density is aware, yes, th yes, that person made it to the goal. We know that. Mm -hmm. How they got there can be smooth, straight sailing, if, or it can be very skewed constantly, which increases the amount of time to reach that goal, which is fine. You know, if it takes, as we've spoken before, five incarnations, a thousand, whatever, the end goal is attained. But in the third density, if the individual has the awareness and the will to has some sort of knowledge of, gosh, you know, this thing keeps occurring over and over. I need to, this is a lesson I need to learn. They're aware of it. And so they ask the higher self, you know, why does this keep happening? Can you please help me? Can you please make this stop or, or tell me what to do better or what am I doing wrong? You know, and so there's a, a genuine calling out, a, a genuine desire to, to be guided to some degree. And so as the third density individual wants to attain this goal that they have set out, then things are put in, in their path to make it easier. We'll use this as an example. Say that you tell your friend or neighbor they want to go to a certain destination and they don't have a map and they don't have your, your GPS. So you just tell them in, in very simplistic terms, well, you drive down this street, then when you hit the first stop sign, you go left. When you hit the next stop sign, you go right. So you give them instructions or, or a guide how to get there. And so from the higher self's perspective, that option is available. So it's almost like the higher self has a GPS to kind of see where you're going on like, we're just using this as an, as an analogy so that people can kind of relate. So they can sort of look at that GPS. Oh, okay, yeah, they started off, yep, they followed that direction, they went that, oh wait, now they're on the other side of town. Oh gosh, they went way off the path. It's gonna take them much longer to get to so-and-so's house or whatever their final destination may be. On the third density scale, the person's driving and they realize, oh, wait a minute, I just went the wrong way. I don't know where I am. None of this correlates to what I was, the instructions I was given. Oh, darn it. So now I need to backtrack and try to figure it out. So it becomes a very skewed path to the end goal. Whereas the person that paid attention and recognized, oh yeah, they said this stop sign or, oh yeah, I had this thought that there's a big tree there. I got to turn there. So they pay attention to those synchronicities that are sort of presented to them. Whereas the other, and so it's much smoother. Oh, okay, yes, I made it to so-and-so's house or wherever it is that they desire to go to. Whereas the other individual doesn't pay attention and then they start to panic and go, oh gosh, you know, do I turn left, do I turn right? And so they just kind of weave their way. They finally get there, mind you, they get there, but it's much more difficult. Let's say, for example, they spend more time on the road and they get a flat tire. Then that creates another obstacle that they have to work through and pro you know process whereas the other individual that just sort of paid attention to the signs don't encounter those difficulties and they get there no problem but those individual choices are made by the individual itself based upon its free will so the higher self cannot intervene to a point where they're telling the entity you and your past life what to do or where to go it's up to that you in that incarnation to figure it out and so the higher self is sort of looking at the GPS as to where you're going. Let's say they're watching the GPS, you're way off the course that they recommended. And so then you're, you're lost. You don't know where you are. You're in some neighborhood you've never seen before. So you think, oh gosh, can someone please help me? I really need some help. I really need somebody to come along and just tell me 
which way is north, south, east, west, or maybe they know the place I'm trying to reach. Hopefully, eventually, someone will come along and sort of redirect them. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. I need to go more east or west or north or whatever it may be. Then they gradually sort of get back to the main directional path that they were initially given. Mm -hmm. We don't know if that makes sense, but that's sort of the best analogy that we can make to time being simultaneous because it's you're the higher self. It's you in the future in sixth density looking back at the decisions that were made in previous densities, specifically third, and when asked, you you can put up these little signs here and there to make the path easier as long as the individual has the awareness and the desire to seek out an easier way and trust and has faith that the creator will provide that, that they don't have to sort of go against the grain. I got to figure this out on my own. I'll get there. Yeah, you will get there, but it might take you 10 hours versus two. And that's, that's the only difference. Higher self realizes that yes, person does I, me in that particular density, I do attain this goal, but I could make it easier if I throw these things out and then that way I won't get so off track, convoluted in my thinking. That's kind of the best way we can describe that. Okay, very good, thank you. But this is not an intellectual process, and this is a feeling process. It is a feeling process which requires the faith. Right. And many of your individuals are very concrete in their thinking. They need to see it, feel it, touch it. I know it's there. Okay, I see that tree. I, see, I can touch that stop sign. They need that. Whereas the other person may be driving along and just a thought pops in their head, turn right. Oh, okay, I'll turn right here. I don't know why, but I just feel like I should, I feel like this is the direction I need to go. I don't know why, but I'm just going to go that way anyways, because I don't want to get lost. I, you know, I think I should just go this way. And so you go and oh, poof. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Then yeah. So-and-so told me about this building here. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay. Then I turn left there. They stay on the path, but they're sort of given a little, a nudge along the way if, if it's sought after to make arriving at that destination or that learning goal a little smoother, a little less difficult than it has to be. But mm-hmm. it's up to them to decide or pay attention to the clues or things that are provided along the way. And so that can apply to any aspect of learning that the soul feels like it needs to go back and redo, reboot, if you will. We heard our instrument talking about a reboot, some film she was watching. That's how it, you know, the, the time kind of is occurring at the same time. You have these different parallel options if you can choose one over the other. And obviously in third density, you're not aware that all of this is occurring at once just based upon I need to get from A to B. But that's kind of how life, that's kind of how life goes and how life lessons are learned. Many of your individuals say, oh my gosh, my best friend did this again. Will they ever learn? Will they ever learn? And it's obvious to other individuals that interact with that individual that know them well enough to say, oh, if you just listen to me, if you just this wouldn't happen again. Nope, nope. And the other individual says, no, I got it. I know what I'm doing. Well, that's fine. But the end goal is always met. It just, uh, it could be a lot easier than it is. So. And what you're describing as far as the decision-making process by the individual and how or, or which aspects of the, the path to, to follow is the process of analogy, uh, comparison and contrast. This feels more right than that. Yes. And the more we intellectualize those decisions instead of, as the saying goes, follow our heart, Mm -hmm. uh, the more difficult the path becomes. Yes. The less aware we are. 
Yes, this is true. And, and many obstacles that individuals face that you, you hear many times people say, I knew that was going to happen. I knew I should have turned right here. I knew I shouldn't have got on that plane. And I'm glad I didn't because there was this horrible accident. Mm -hmm. Had I gotten on the plane that day, oh my gosh, I would be dead. For example, you've heard many stories of your 9-11 your events where somebody would, would be at home and they're on their way to work and they can't find their keys or their car won't start, or they fall and break an arm. Oh, I can't go to work today. And they're like, oh man, I can't go to work. Well, thank goodness they didn't because it would have been detrimental. So the higher self looks after the third density individual when they're put in pretty dramatic situations that could cause great harm. So those clues, indicators become a little more prominent because they, the higher self realizes that that incarnation should not end at that time, that there's still some way to go without having to, to reboot and start all over again. Mm -hmm. That becomes unnecessary if this little caveat is thrown out there like, okay, well, okay, she broke her arm too bad, she can't go to work, but it's a good thing because A, B, and C, D happened, and that would have been very bad. So, Okay. We're, uh, to reiterate a topic that we had discussed in previous conversations, we're motivated to get more of what we like. What we like is what is less stressful. What is less stressful is following the path that the higher self sets out for us. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, and oftentimes people, let, as you just referred to, they know. They just have a knowing, I should go right, I should go left. And oftentimes people around them that said, no, I told you to go left at this point. You're going to get lost. We told you. Don't call us when you get lost. And you say, no, I feel like I should go right. So you kind of get ridiculed for following your heart, following your intuition, because it's not written out on a map. It's not on a computer or a GPS. No, this is the way you need to go. When in your heart, none of that really matters. I think I need to go this way. That decision-making becomes a little more difficult depending upon those that you surround yourself around, how dramatic that decision could be and impact you and whomever else might be around you. Well, in order to do that, you have to make the decision that you're going to assume responsibility for your progress, for your advancement. Yes. And that is a major decision that the majority of our population has yet to make. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, many in your population have good intentions with whatever activity they're pursuing or engaging in. But if it goes awry or if it doesn't go the way that they think it should go, the way that they pictured in their mind, oh, if I do this, then this should happen. And so I put all my eggs in that basket and that's my focus. And then poof, basket gets dropped. And then you're, you're angry. Well, if I didn't bump into you, if you didn't walk in front of me, this wouldn't have happened. Or if I didn't get in the car and I didn't drive here, then you wouldn't have hit me. So everything becomes somebody else's fault. And that's much easier to do than to say, oh, I screwed up, because that requires you to look at yourself and deflate your ego a little bit to learn from that situation. And many individuals hold on to that ego because that's familiar and that's ingrained as this is me and you, you messed up, not me. I wouldn't do that. I don't get things wrong. You do. And you did this to me. So therefore, I feel this way. So it's your fault. I mm -hmm. didn't do anything. You see a lot of that within societies. This is the beginning, what you're describing is the beginning of their awareness to surrender the identity. Yes, if they're aware and if they choose to continuously blame another 
individual, a situation, place, ge geographical place. Well, if I didn't live here, this earthquake wouldn't happen or whatever the case may be. It's always outside of them. But until they turn that awareness inside and think, oh, yeah, okay, well, where I live wouldn't have mattered because something might have happened. There's always something that could happen no matter where you live. That's just a function of living on Gaia. For, for many of your peoples, there are dramatic weather events and geological events that occur. The blame then, the blame game, as you call it, tends to dissipate when you take responsibility for, you know what, I made that choice. I decided to go this way, not that way, when I knew maybe I should have gone that way, but I knew better. I thought I knew better, but this situation and result proves to me that I did not. And so at that point, you're given a tremendous catalyst for growth to recognize that, first of all, and second of all, to reduce your ego to learn from it and admit your wrongdoings or potential harm you may have ca caused another. And that is very difficult for many people. Because it challenges their identity. Yes. And they, as we discussed in previous episodes, the identity is who they think they are. Yes. And so the very foundation of who they think they are is challenged by having to surrender that superior position. Yes. And many times the reluctance to release that part of the ego is fear. As we have discussed previously, if I release that ego, there's more space in your awareness level. What do I feel in that space? Who am I? What What am I? If I say no to this and all these people, well, where does that leave me? Kind of floating around. And so that fear of being ostracized or having to seek out another group that's because at that point you're probably vibrating a little bit higher than those you're around and so you're kind of separated from that particular group and then you tend to gravitate towards the ones that are more on your level and that sort of change that flux is it, scary because it kind of leaves you guessing and rattled like who am i if i thought this was right my whole life and now it's been proven over and over that's not correct oh my gosh was i wrong this whole time Maybe my interpretation of the situation might have been incorrect. And that takes a lot of courage and self-examination. That space in between uh, leaving the old vibrational level and before you attain the new is often referred to as darkness yes. in our culture. And it is somewhat intimidating because that's not a, a frequently experienced feeling. Consequently, but any time that you're constructing new, you have to do away with the old to clear the way for the new, whether you're building a new building or, or transitioning yourself to a higher level of consciousness. You've got to uh, demolish the old to make space for the new. Yes, and, and another way to look at that from a more spiritual standpoint is you've got to let go of that energy that's pulling you into those negative cycles from your perspective as it being negative or detrimental. So you got to kind of let that go to free up the energy, the space, because the, the energy level is somewhat limited in third density. So you need to free up some space to allow another form of energy to fill it. That's because you want to go to this higher vibratory level. Yeah, I felt funny when I said no to all these people, but in the long run, I, kind of, I felt kind of good, felt right. Vacillating period that's kind of scary because you, you don't really fit in here. You don't really fit in there. And you're, you're you left with you. Many people cannot tolerate this. But once you accept this particular situation, you think, okay, I can seek this out. I can find stability elsewhere because obviously what I was doing before 
consistently showed me over and over that there's no stability in that environment with those people with those choices that I'm making consciously. So there's familiarity, I'm, but there, not there's yeah. familiarity, but but not necessarily the satisfaction or a good feeling of good feeling that I'm gaining more energy and, and more understanding. It's just, fam- it's just familiar, good mm-hmm. or bad. It's just familiar. So then you tend to seek out something that tends to feel better and that has a better outcome. If, and it might be scary because you've never tried these particular other aspects of that activity, or you haven't interacted with these people that you didn't quite understand before, but now you kind of understand what they're talking about. It kind of, you kind of question, well, I was with these people for so long and it felt fine, but now it doesn't. And these people seem correct. It sort of creates that push and pull. The journey through third density is an individual journey. Yes. There's no group graduation. No. Mm-mm. No, it tends to be groups of people that influence which way you go, but it's ultimately up to you. So there's great freedom of choice, free will. Unfortunately, you don't have the oversight or the foresight to see the overall outcome of choices that are made over and over and over that tend to be detrimental. Mm -hmm. At some point, hopefully, the entity will recognize that, oh gosh, this isn't working, or I don't feel right, or this seems wrong to me. I need to do something different. It doesn't feel good. No, it feels very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good or bad. It's very uncomfortable. It's very unnerving because there's no comfort in that space. There is no, oh, I can just fall back on these people or this thing or that thing or drug or whatever it may be. It's uncomfortable until you kind of gravitate towards a higher vibratory level that you are most likely at at that point. Going back to the topic we were talking about, the veil earlier. Yes. And it's my understanding that we have not experienced the veil, relatively speaking, for very long as a population. Is that correct? We were unveiled until relatively speaking again fairly recently and it was a protective device employed for us yes yes part of the reason why the veil became a a little more dense thick if you will in in your understanding of terms is because all that information that was available came in quickly and individuals didn't have enough growth or awareness or wanting to do good by knowing all these things initially did But then it became very self-serving and it tended to make embolden people more and more and more to where it became very chaotic. That was not intended. That was not the ultimate intention. But in order to sort of tone that down, if you sort of relax it down a little bit, the veil had to be increased so that acquiring that information now requires more awareness, more of a conscious choice, more of a a thinking of how is this going to impact me and the world and my job and my friends. And so there's more time for that, in your words, time to sort of evaluate all of those things before that information becomes fully solidified and able to translate into something more tactile. It slowed the, the velocity of the stimulus that was coming into us so that we could more easily deal and adjust and absorb that stimulus and hopefully learn from it. Yes, because the amount, the volume of information that was coming in was so rapid that they're so available and, and those that tuned into it have set their uh, radio dial to that particular channel and everything kind of flooded in and at this particular density level the awareness of discerning 
and sort of weeding through all of that to consider all the options is far too difficult to occur spontaneously. It doesn't happen. It requires thoughtful awareness, thinking, and extrapolations of could have, might, maybe, don't know. Let's think about it some more so it provides more of your time for those nuances to get worked out before it turns into something very detrimental to Gaia, the world, and societies in general. Is the density of the veil variable by individual or only by group? In this particular level, it it varies by individual because in this particular density, you are not in a social memory complex. You are more of an individual trying to figure out which social memory complex. It's kind of like picking your fraternity or sorority. You kind of want to, you touch it and you kind of want to test the waters. As we spoke about before, the, the buffet you sample and they say, oh yeah, this is good. The veil, everybody has it and there is no way to form a group and then pierce through it as a group. That doesn't typically happen. It's usually an individual journey to seek out and want that and and some people are born with that. You've heard of the natural um, mediums, um, psychics, uh, healers, that they just put their hands on somebody and they get better. Mm-hmm. They just have a thinner veil. They have a thinner veil. They have more access to the information. And the reason being is because they're much higher on the evolutionary path within that density because they've gone through all that already. So they're able to handle that amount of energy and understanding in their own physical vehicle and able to use, utilize it in a beneficial way. So it, so those sort of um, gifts are, they're not necessarily given, they're learned over numerous lifetimes and allowed in as sort of a unit because of the level of awareness and understanding that has been acquired. So the veil has to be thinner in order for that information to flow. So that's part of the um, consciousness pattern, their metaphysical self. Yes, yes. And, and, and the majority of people that demonstrate those qualities are typically born with them. They bring them into the incarnation with the knowing from the higher self, from the perspective of the entire incarnation that you have the potential to achieve these wonderful things and to help all these people. The potential the choice is up to you. The information is provided. It becomes a little touch and go depending upon how they want to utilize that information and, and put it into practice. The majority of your peoples that demonstrate abilities that the general populace doesn't seem to have access to or, or work on um, developing or pursuing or be interested in isn't there. But for those that, that do demonstrate that, they've had multiple incarnations and lessons, good and bad, to get them to where they are now, to bring it into this awareness, to bring in information in a in a way that other individuals within this density can relate to because it's one human talking to another human. But on a metaphysical stance, they're different levels, but it's not visualized. You don't have the visual, visualization of that in third density. Our yeah. instrument is getting fatigued. Okay, well, why don't we conclude? Thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. It was good speaking with you, too. Thank you. Thank you.